0: Good morning, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. I hope you are safe and uh, you are feeling well. And and I thank you for making this a part of your day. Today, we are looking at something that uh, I think it's about time we looked at. uh, The the theme for today is God, America, and politics. So it's going to be a fun conversation. And thank you for joining me for this conversation. So as we do this, just to be clear, we aren't going to talk about specific Individual politicians or political parties. We're not going to go there. Uh, we're just going to talk about God, America, and politics, and have a conversation about what the Bible says and about what Luther says and about some other things. Uh, and so there's there's opportunity for conversation today. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear what your thoughts are. But we're just going to kind of go through this slowly and. You know, we're not going to be judgy. We're not going to take sides. We're just going to say what the Bible, talk about what the Bible says and talk about what what Luther said and and see where we land. So, okay, so let's start with uh, just kind of a, a little bit of background. The Bible is quoted by people of all walks of life, including statesmen, politicians, philosophers, poets, and even astronauts. And so here are a few quotes that I'd like to start with today. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, President Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. Daniel Webster said, if we abide by the principles taught by the Bible, our country will go on prospering. Daniel Webster, if we abide by the principles taught by the Bible, our country will go on prospering. Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, said, I believe the Bible is the best gift that God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. From Abraham Lincoln. George Washington said, It is impossible to rightly govern the world Without God in the Bible From President George Washington And President Andrew Jackson said The Bible is the rock on which our republic rests The Bible is the rock on which our republic rests So that's what some of our uh, presidents had to say And Daniel Webster had to say about the Bible So let's take a look at the relationship that America has with God uh, And how... uh, America and and the politics of America the relationship that that had that that they have with with God so we will take a look at that today so I it's it's important that we say that that we are not trying to enter into today's debate politically that's not where we're going we just want to know what does the Bible say and what you know what does Luther have to say about it so uh, as we have these quotes from these presidents about the role of God and the Bible. Um, the question comes: What what type of influence does the Christian faith have in our government and our culture today? Right. Uh, obviously, uh, we hear George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln, Theodore Roosevelt talk about the importance of God and the Bible as far as it comes to governing. So, uh, so the role of the the Christian faith, the role of the Bible, was very important to. Um, to the government to 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 america back when they were governing what is it what kind of role does it have today does it have too much of a role does it have not enough of a role or is the role of the christian faith today a uh, a version of the christian faith that we wouldn't say is authentic that we wouldn't say is true to the christian faith that we uh, that we proclaim the christian faith of the bible i think we could we could go down all of those. Uh, we could have conversations about all those questions, but they're all very good questions. And, and the next question is: What role should Christians and Christianity have in our governments and in our schools? What role should uh, as a as a nation that has a separation between church and state? Now I've heard people say that the separation between church and state is to keep the state out of the church, not to keep the church out of the state. But it's a good question. You know what? What role does our faith have? in government and schools and so when we talk about taking down the 10 commandments right well, what role does our faith have in the 10 commandments as part of being uh, you know in courthouses and schools and that kind of thing uh, do you think our leaders care about what the bible says do do our do our, do people care about what the bible says do they need to do they need to care about what the bible says to be uh, a good leader to be a, a leader of integrity to be a leader who has the best interest of people. And, and I mean, it's a good question. Do you have to be a Christian to be a good person? Do you have to be a, a Christian to be kind? Do you have to be a Christian to serve your neighbor? Uh, and what what role should the Christian faith have in the future of America? All very, very good questions. And and I don't know that we we have we have the kind of answers to these questions that we need to have, uh, nor do I think we need to answer these questions collectively, but I think it's something to think about. It's something to think about individually as we figure out who we think we should vote for, what we think we should believe in, uh, what we should promote as as you know the, the politics, the, uh, the agenda of what we want our country to look like and what we want it to be. I, I know that I have answers to these questions but those answers are Nick's answers. Those answers are, this is what Nick thinks. It's not, you know, Pastor Nick isn't, when, when Pastor Nick talks, right? Pastor Nick doesn't, ta- doesn't want to tell you what you should believe, unless, of course, it's a biblical thing. Uh, but it, it, the, the questions are important for each of us to ask. Do we think the Christian faith has enough of an influence in our government and our culture? Do we think it has too much or not enough? What role should Christianity and Christians have in our government and school? Uh, should, our, should our leaders care about what the Bible says? Do they have to? Do they have to care about what the Bible says to, to be a good leader? And what role should the Christian faith have in the future of America? What role should it have? Uh, you know, the Christian faith. Uh, I mean, we talk about the Christian faith as the faith that we all believe is the truth. But, you know, we have people, the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith and all those people who who are in government, who are in our armed forces, who are in our police forces, who are teaching, you know. And and so what role should the Christian faith have then in the future of America? Okay, so all this leads to other questions then. Right. What is it that we love most? What is it that we love most? Well, I would say that we love our family the most, right, and the people in our lives. Uh, But what is it that we love most? Do we love our country? Where does love for country come in? Where does love for country come in versus love for God? Where does where does that come in? You know, so Deuteronomy six five says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength." So, what do we love more, our country or God? What's more important? to us our country or god important question important question you know for many people it was it was god family country right god first family second country third or god country however however that goes um c.s lewis talked about love for country he says c.s lewis says that uh it's okay to love our home to love the place we grew up to love uh, our old acquaintances, to, uh, to love our way of life. It's okay to love the American way of life. It's okay to love our homeland. It's okay to love the place where we grew up and the people who, you know, the, it, it's okay. My child is growing up in a place where I think, I hope she's gonna have a fond memory of it her whole lifetime. Right, Fourth of July parades and fireworks and all the different things, all the Christmas lights. You know that she grew up in a place where on Halloween she could go around and the neighbors would give her candy. Uh, You know, good memories. It's okay to love our home. It's okay to be proud of our country's past. It's okay to to you know be. be in awe of the great deeds of their ancestors. It's okay to have a uh, a sense of reverence and respect for people who were served in the armed forces, uh, and you know our war heroes and our victories. It, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what C.S. Lewis would say, it's it's not okay to think that we are better than everyone else. So that attitude where we are the best and nobody compares to us, we are the best. We are the one, we are the one place on earth that God loves more than everywhere else. That is not healthy. That is not good. That is not good. Right. And so, but we, I kind of grew up with that sense that, you know, America is the place that God loves more, you know, God bless the USA more than, more than everywhere else. And so, um, you know, I don't know what percentage of Christians, American Christians, uh, believe that that God's favorite country is the United States. I think that's an unhealthy way to think, that God uh, God loves the United States more than anywhere else uh, because we proclaim that God doesn't love anyone more than anyone else. And so we would certainly say that, that God loves all people equally. Uh, so it would be difficult for me to say that that God loves America more than anyone else. But I do think that some of us love America more than God. I think some of us love, uh, love the United States more than God. And I, I, I'm, I mean, we may be splitting hairs here, but uh, according to Christianity Today, 53% of Protestant pastors believe their congregations love America more than they love God. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, you know, it's a perception that some pastors have. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but, but what's scary is how it manifests itself. So what are some examples of loving America more than loving God? Uh, so what happens when, when there is legislation or uh, national conversation that, that is opposed to what you feel God is calling you to do? Or opposed to what Scripture tells you is the right thing to do, uh, are those actions ever appropriate? I, I think I think sometimes we have to say, well, yeah, sometimes it's a uh, sometimes it's more appropriate to. I mean, when when Japan bombs Pearl Harbor, right? Japan bombs Pearl Harbor, and you read the Bible and it says turn the other cheek. As Americans, as a country, you can, you say, well, well, we can't just turn the other cheek. We can't not respond. Right. It's important that we as a country respond when someone attacks us. And so sometimes even uh, sometimes we have to kind of go against what Jesus says or we have to reinterpret what you what was Jesus saying to turn the other cheek. Well, I don't think that in this instance, that's what Jesus is talking about. Right. But there's other times where uh, where where the government talks about, you know, the, the, the purpose of the government is to serve its citizens. But the purpose of a Christian is to love the neighbor, and loving the neighbor, we don't we don't read passports, right? To love your neighbor is to whoever my neighbor next door to me is somebody who's working here on a green card. He's from uh, England. He grew up in England, uh, and so you know I love my neighbor. I do what I can. I help them. I you know lend them stuff. But it's not dependent on 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 you know if they have the right uh, if they have the right passport if they have the right citizenship, right? And so a government is concerned about its citizens and Christians the church should be concerned about the neighbor because that's what scripture says okay so we look at we talked about loving America and loving God and what it looks like to love love the one more than the other um, I would say that a lot of the problems in America would be solved if people loved God more than they loved America, uh, because it would encourage people to love their neighbor. It would encourage people to uh, pray for one another. Uh, it would encourage people to do things that uh, we're not really good at doing right now. So um, let's talk about politicians. Let's not. We're not going to talk about politicians individually, but we're going to talk about politicians as a whole. And I want to go to the book of Exodus for a minute. In Exodus, Moses leads the people out of the promised land. Moses is leading a lot of Israelites, right? Moses is the one leader leading a lot of Israelites. And so um, uh, Exodus 18 verses 17 through 21, Moses' father-in-law comes to Moses and says, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So men who fear God and are trustworthy who hate dishonest gain. So as you consider political candidates, is fearing God important to you? Is that something you consider, that this is someone who fears God? Is it important, uh, uh, if that's not important, what is important? What is important when, when choosing a candidate? How do you figure out which one is the right one to vote for? How do you figure out which one is the right one to go with? Do any candidates hate dishonest gain? Does anyone today hate dishonest gain? I would think that most people, most gain seems to be done dishonestly, right? I mean, uh, I came, my, my passes is in the auto industry. Uh, and so I used to train salesmen on how to sell cars. I didn't, I didn't train them the the actual methods of sales. I would train them in the vehicle itself so that they would know the product. But we had a salesman at one of the dealerships who changed his last name to Presley and told people that he was Elvis's cousin. If you bought a car in Burlington, Vermont from a guy named Steve Presley, because he was Elvis's cousin, let me tell you something. He wasn't he he cha- he legally changed his last name to Presley so that he could sell cars so that he so that people thought that they would be buying a car from Elvis's cousin come buy a car from Elvis's cousin dishonest gain I mean, the guy sold a lot of cars because of it. It, it just it's like oh man it's crazy it's crazy but are there people who who hate dishonest gain or who say well, you know, got to make a dollar. Whatever you, whatever you have to do to make a dollar, right? Uh so uh, I thought we would look at what Martin Luther says in Secular Authority to what to what extent it should be obeyed. This is a a book, a paper that, that Luther wrote hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh so Luther wrote, you sir you say perchance if no one is to be trusted, how will one rule land and people? I answer, You should entrust and take the the venture, but you should not trust and depend, save on God alone. Do not trust and depend on any human being. Trust and depend on God and God alone. Do we trust politicians more than we trust God? Do we identify more with a political party than with our faith? I would say I see that all the time. I've even had a friend admit that to me. Yes, I am more a conservative than I am a Christian. What? Uh, it's if you're more if you're more of a political party than you are a christian it seems to me that you don't understand what it means to be a christian that's what i would say Uh, that's what i would say Uh, we as a people we as christians need to understand that to be a christian is to put christianity first and foremost right our christianity is more important than anything else in life that's what jesus says right he says pick up your cross and follow me Leave behind everything else. Um, And so uh, do we trust our politics more than we trust God? I think we, as a people, if if there's one thing Liz said, a house divided cannot stand, if there's anything we can do to work on to improve upon our nation, uh, specifically as Christians, is to put our faith back in God, put our trust back in God, put our, our, our hope back in God, and then let the politics be the politics uh, as we follow God, as we follow what Jesus said to do. Oh, man, I feel like I'm preaching today, and that wasn't, that wasn't what I intended to do. My goal wasn't to get all preachy today. Uh, sorry about that. Okay, so we continue on to what Luther wrote. He says, you must certainly entrust the office to someone and take a chance with him. But you should not trust him otherwise than as one who may fail you and whom you must watch with unfailing vigilance. As a driver has confidence in the horses and wagon he drives, yet does not let them go their own way, but holds reins and lash in his hands and does not sleep. Holds reins and hands uh, and lash in his hand and does not sleep. So how do we hold the reins? How do we hold the reins? On our politicians. I think I think that's uh, an important question, important, important part of what it means to be uh, a citizen is to hold the reins. And so we do so by by having a press, right, by having a free press. And whenever, you know, whenever someone comes out against the press, that's something to uh, that should say, you know, some. uh, some news organizations are out there to serve their own purpose. Most of them are out there to serve their own purpose, but there are some where you can find these, these charts that tell you who are the news organizations that are kind of the middle. Uh, and so, you know how, that's how we hold the reins on our politicians Uh, by having, uh, short terms, right? You are elect somebody to two years, four years, or six years, right? The Senate is six years, the president is four, the House of Representatives is two. And so it's important that we have these terms so that we can hold the reins on their politics, hold them accountable, right? We just heard that uh, Vladimir Putin was just elected president of Russia until like 2036, right? Uh, and so, or he was elected president for two terms and then he had to leave for a term and then came back in. And now there was just a change that said, no, you, you can serve as president until 2036, something like that. And it's like, well, if, if, if you just give somebody a lifetime appointment, then how do you hold them accountable? How do you hold them accountable? And so Luther says, hold the reins and lash in hand uh, as if someone who does not sleep. So, you know, it's important that we as Christians hold people accountable, uh, specifically people in public office who say that they're going to do something uh, and and hold them accountable to, to the to the things that they say they're going to do. Luther goes on to say, therefore we will close by saying briefly that a prince's duty is fourfold. So here are the four things that a prince, uh, which, you know, Luther had princes in his time, uh, but the uh, that a politician, somebody in, in power uh, should do. So number one is first that toward God consists in true confidence and sincere prayer. Uh, so pray, trust in God. if we're gonna if we're gonna elect somebody, these are the, the four things that Luther wants to see in somebody that Luther's going to vote for. Who's Luther going to vote for someone who does this? Uh, trust God and pray. Second, that toward his subjects consist in love and Christian service. So look at look at those whom you are serving and and love them and love them and understand that what you are doing is serving them in, in Christian service. Not just the people who voted for you, not just the people who are a member of your party, but all. Uh, and so third, that toward his counselors and rulers consist in an open mind and unfettered judgment. An open mind an open mind. How about that? And fourth, that toward evildoers consist in proper zeal and firmness. So for people who break the law, you got you, you to gotta let the law be the law. Luther says, then, in his, then his state is right outwardly and inwardly, pleasing to God and to the people, but he must expect much envy and sorrow. The cross will soon rest on the shoulders of such a ruler. Because that's going to be hard. It's it has to be hard to be in charge. It has to be hard to be a politician. It has to be hard to have to, to have been elected and to be put in a place where that you have that kind of power. That has to be difficult. And I am, I do not envy anybody who has that kind of power. It is a a difficult difficult job with a thousand voices coming at you all the time. Uh, and so the person that Luther would vote for number one, trust God and pray. Number two. Look at it. Look at your subjects. Look at your he he used the word subjects because there were princes back then. But the people who elected you, look at your citizens and, and you know, look at them with love and, and a desire to do Christian service. Third, with your counselors, have an open mind. It's like, would a politician ever be elected today who had an open mind? Have you ever heard a politician say, I am going I'm going there with an open mind and I am looking forward to working with everyone? No, you don't hear that because that person would never be elected, but that's the person I would vote for, is the person who says, I'm going there with an open mind and I am hoping to work with everyone. That is the type of attitude that brings people together, right? That is the type of attitude that says, let's all work together. I would love to hear somebody say that. And then fourth, towards evildoers consists in proper zeal and firmness. So to let justice be done, to let justice be done for those who do evil, um, It's a it's a I mean, this stuff was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago before hundreds of years before the United States became a thing. Uh, Luther wrote this stuff, but I think it's all very good and should and and helpful for us as we figure out what uh, what we should do as Christians coming up in this election season, who we should vote for, you know, help us to understand what's important to us. What does the Bible say should be important to us? Uh, how can we vote for that? How can we how can we let our Christian uh, values be uh, be a part of our country? And and I again I'm, it, I encourage each and every one of you to do that. And if that comes out that you vote one way. Hey, that's great. If it comes out, you vote another way. Hey, that's great. The Bible speaks to us all a little bit differently. The Spirit speaks to us all a little bit differently, and it doesn't necessarily mean that one is better or right or one is wrong. but I will say uh, I will say none of them are perfect. I, every one of them has said things and done things that you think man that I just can't agree with that. I just can't agree with that. Uh, so you have to figure out for yourself uh who who seems to be the one that that makes the most sense for you based on, you know, your culture growing up, your Christian faith and everything else. Okay, we will stop there. We will stop there. Okay, we will finish with a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for this land that we have, uh, for this republic, this democracy where we get to elect our leaders. Uh, we pray that you would give us guidance, uh, tell us to teach us how to be the best citizens we can be, but always keeping our trust and our hope in you uh, and always being guided by the spirit that, uh, that we know is with us. Uh, we thank you for loving us and we pray that you would help us to love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. I will see you on Thursday at 10.30. Take care of yourselves. Bye.